following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast, episode number 107, 21 Dandy Street. Special shout out to our frequent contributor, Jennifer, at Tarzana on Twitter. Her grandfather, Dan, is in the hospital. Please send your good vibes her way because she kind of needs them right now. The Tsunami Faithful Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me today is... Paul Pascrillo, the founder of TsunamiFaithful.com. And... ASMRI Derail Maddox. And... Your esteemed announcer, Jim Nelson. And... And Ronza from the Tsunami Boards. That would be the Adult Swim official boards Tsunami Board. In case you're confused. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's, just... <laughs> it's okay, you're doing fine. Don't... <laughs> we are judging you right now. So... Mm, let me just get out the clipboard. Watch the intro. <laughs> the intro. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. Is this... <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you should see what we do to our interns. <laughs> It's not pretty. No. Ronzo was somebody who finally uh, responded to our call for a female contributor. So thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for having me. They say I'm a rabid fangirl. <laughs> Don't touch me. I have cooties. I'm rabid. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's cooties on the podcast. Oh, get, get your cootie out. shots. Get the spray. Hit him with the spray bottle. That's not in the script. That's not in the script. <laughs> you didn't give me a copy of the script. <laughs> yeah, how could she know about the friggin' script? Hey, no one is supposed to know about that. Nobody indeed. Well, later on, we will be discussing Samurai Jack. <laughs> Yay. But first, as always, it's our Space Dandy Recap. Space Dandy, episode 17. The transfer student is dandy, baby. Okay, and the screenplay was written by Hayashi Mori. The animation director was Hiroyuki Aoyama, and he has numerous anime credits to his name, including WB slash DC animation. I'm assuming that's a DC animated universe from the 90s? Yes, he worked on Superman. He worked on Tiny Toon Adventures. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he, um... No relation. He was the animation director for Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries. Oh, cool. I don't remember ever watching that one. Anyway, continuing. Assistant animation directors Chikashi Kubota, Yuka Koiso, and Tomoko Sugidomari. Your storyboard and unit direction was handled by Takaki Wada. On the Funimation side... Script adaptation was done by John Bergmeier and Patrick Seitz. Must have sent his clone to Texas again. ADR direction, Zach Bolton. And English song direction is probably by one of the best people you could possibly have for that, Brina Palencia. Your guest voices this week were Ashley Birch as Freckles, Jesse Hall as Sophia, Christopher Sabat as Isaac, and Vegeta. 
and Goku and Piccolo and okay, let's yeah, oh, there. <laughs> Ben Phillips as Nathan, Rico Fajardo as Horatio and Dustin, Sean O'Connor as Sentinel from the X Men, Giovanni Cruz as Anna, and Leah Clark as Emily. Your extras were Rachel Robinson, Chris Kaysen, Terry Rogers, Mike McFarland, Skylar McIntosh, and Kara Edwards. Yeah, a lot of people in this episode. Yep, it's uh, it looks rather huge. <laughs> it was, it was a musical extravaganza. As long as it one of the, wasn't one of those annoying ass beach friggin' things that the '60s did, you know. It was more like it was more like High School Musical, the spoof. It was kind of like Glee and High School Musical had a baby together, and it turned out to be some kind of. There was a healthy amount of grease in there. It's hey, like I was going to mention grease too. Damn it! If it's like if oh, um, so I assume it's like uh, if High School Musical and Glee took out all the suck. Correct. <laughs> well, if they took out all of the drama. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, I, like I you said, you can't see me putting finger quotations. <laughs> I can see drama. Like I said, I like can. I said, all the suck. Well, the basic rundown of this episode: uh, Dandy, QT, and Meow are trying to come up with another alien to capture, and Meow noticed somebody on. I think they called it Twitter, not not actually Twitter. I think it was very very close. And we all know exactly what he actually meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he found uh, the profile of a rare alien, and they couldn't quite determine where this alien resided until QT noticed a picture that was of a particular school known as Baberly Hills. <laughs> that's where you want to be. <laughs> that's, where you, that's where Dandy want to be. Living like a celebrity? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we all got the reference, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, of course. It's a Weezer song. <laughs> Which I have I mostly it. heard in Weird Al's polka. <laughs> <laughs> God love Weird Al. <laughs> he is a national treasure. He's number oh. one. <laughs> Literally, he's number one on the Billboard charts. Now... They have a dilemma. They got to get into this high school to find this alien. So they kind of throw out the idea we would have to pretend to be high schoolers. And just jokingly thinking that, but Dandy's, yeah, I'm going to pretend to be a high schooler. I'm going to be the greatest high schooler ever. There's there's a good line there where QT says, you know, he said he skipped high school. (laughs) Well, Surprising, knowing Dandy. <laughs> so this already turned into Billy Madison. Billy passed the fourth grade. You know the song. Oh, sorry for interrupting. <laughs> Only Dandy doesn't have to convince children that it's cool to pee your pants. <laughs> that is never acceptable unless you're an alcoholic. Like not even then. Hey, bitch. Talk about my alcoholic ways. Don't talk about my alcoholic ways. All the time. I don't break the seal, dude. Dandy fakes a registration and gets onto campus and joins the school. And he's thinking, 
like Dandy always does, he's a big shot, everybody's gonna love him, but he quickly realizes that... probably not. See, at this particular school, students are judged by their ability to sing and dance and otherwise perform. So nobody's really impressed with Dandy's lack of performance in the beginning, though it's not like they heard him sing or anything, they just kind of assume he has no talent for it. Dandy then gets set up by a elaborate song and dance number about the hierarchy of the school. And I do mean elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sad part... The funny part is, what they were singing about is mainly true in high school. I've, I've learned that the hard way. Yeah. High school. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> it did? So, as always, it's the queen bee at the top, followed by the jocks and the cheerleaders, and then at the bottom of the totem pole, you have the actual academic students, the nerds, the weirdos, and the quietness. <laughs> And then at the very, very bottom, below the worms and the dirt, Space Dandy. Because <laughs> there's a pecking order. For some reason, Dandy completely forgets about the fact that he's trying to catch an alien because he's too caught up in everybody disrespecting him and saying that he can't make it. So he cheats on a test and manages to pass, and he's supposed to be able to graduate, but prom is coming up. So what he does is try to get the attention of all the young ladies of the campus and fails miserably, Johnny Bravo style. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> and QT and Meow are trying to remind him this, there's this alien that we're looking for and give some details regarding this alien that when they fall in love, they have a plant that blooms on their head. Everybody watching the show by now has realized exactly who that alien is because Dandy's been interacting with her. A little bit as he gets to basically the bottom of the food chain in dating material he decides to ask this one alien girl known as freckles apparently though i don't think they mention her name at all in the episode hell no he asks her to prom and she's a little embarrassed by it thinking there's no way that she could be queen and then a montage in classic 80s style. Except it was decidedly Japanese. <laughs> Running up the stairs wearing... What is a Are those kim kimonos? Those are geese. Geese, right. Geese. <laughs> Dandy's actually looking a bit like Jack. <laughs> that is... Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and I guess... Uh waterfall and they sit in the waterfall and gather there and apparently this is all they need to do in order to prepare for the prom where once again the students are judged on their singing ability when they get to the prom the queen bee has already broken out into song about how everything revolves around her and dandy and freckles bust in and say hey we're a little late but wait till you hear what we have to say and as the queen bee tries to cut down his date, Freckles, Dandy says she has one thing that they don't. A great booty. Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently inspired enough confidence. And then Dandy breaks into song about booty. 
<laughs> Dude, best booty song I've heard in a long time, brother. And that inspires the other low people on the totem pole to come up and sing about what inspires them, such as computers and doing well in academics. And then finally, when the queen bee can't understand why everybody's not paying enough attention to her, Dandy explains that there is so many wonderful things in the universe and there's no way that she's the center and that all is all. It's all, it's all very zen. <laughs> in a dandy way. And then Freckles busts out in an amazing solo, which is followed up by another musical number. I love it. Fantastic. Wonderful scene. Oh, that's yeah. Really, really great animation. After the prom, Dandy's thrilled that he made it through that experience. It says it was the best year of his life, even though... QT and Meow remind him it was actually a week. Once again, allusions to uh, Billy Madison. <laughs> and Dandy's about to head off before Freckles decides to give him a gift for graduating, which is a little kiss on the cheek, and Dandy's kind of perplexed at this. You, you wouldn't think that his reaction would be that way, but I guess Dandy's a, a little softer skin than he puts on. But once again, he has forgotten that he is actually looking for a certain alien, and that she is clearly that alien. And they fly off, thinking of other places where Dandy could go to find these kinds of aliens. And that that's the end. Ronza, what did you think of this episode? Oh, I loved it. It's one of the best episodes so far in Season 2. I mean, I know there's only been three episodes of Season 2, but... This is definitely one of the best, you know, speaking from the person who was obviously in Freckles' position in high school, you know, the songs were, like, so true. Sad to admit it, but yes, they were true, which, of course, made it all so much better. And the big, big production number at the end reminded me of, like, Hairspray and stuff, and a lot of classic musicals where they had the big, big production number at the end. I, for one, cannot stop laughing. I thought it was so great. And it's obvious the voice actors were having so much fun. I agree. What are your thoughts, Paul? Um, yeah, I thought this was actually one of the best episodes so far. Um, I kind of I have to say that it's interesting that everybody's just basically singing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and I'm kind of surprised that he didn't try to go after more girls. I think he did off screen. <laughs> it's just not enough candy time. Then, then again, when some alien basically spews some kind of white liquid in your face after yeah. tell her, after you ask her out, I think that would probably put a damper on uh, all further interactions with other female aliens. Well, you gotta look at it, man. This is dandy, so he doesn't stop. Well, it is only a half-hour show. <laughs> yep, there's. There was a lot of uh, jumping in time. Yeah, dude. I don't know if people saw it, dude, but I'm telling you, I saw Slimer from the Ghostbusters, dude. Absolutely. That was totally I mean, I was, Slimer. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Slimer's on this? This, then, be, I mean, this episode was so decidedly <laughs> 80s. So many 80s references. Yeah, the montage. The fly. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely the fly reference. You saw, I saw hints of flash dance, foot loose. Uh, can't forget, I don't know how E.T. got to be that buff, man. He must have been taking steroids or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy did kind of look like E.T., didn't he? Did 
That yeah, was Terrell, E.T. E.T. was taking steroids. Me and Durrell were talking about that on Skype that night. We were just, I was like, is that fucking E.T.? <laughs> I was like, where the hell E.T. get that buff, though, man? Yeah, exactly. E.T. got uh, tired of getting pushed around. around. Yeah, he ain't phoning home no more. Nope. <laughs> but it was just like so many freaking references, though, man. I was trying to call out as many as I could, though. I'm surprised they didn't do no kid and play, though, man. They should have did house party, dude. <laughs> they should have did house party, man. If they would have did the kid and play dance, dude, I would have been weak as hell. <laughs> See? It completely circumvented my expectations. And my expectations were that it would be basically a satire on all of these Japanese high school shows. But it was nothing like that. It was entirely an homage to those 80s musicals with a bit of high school musical, a little glee. Just all of that smattered together with a bunch of other 80s references. Totally didn't expect that, but was blown away. Yes. This was a pretty good episode. It was. I'd say this is probably like one of my second favorite ones. Um, the first one probably was when Danny showed that he wasn't much of an asshole when he took care of the little the little alien, the Gen 2 in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool, too. That's man. another so, favorite of uh, yeah. most people. Not to mention he told her, like, yeah, you can hang out with me if you get some boobs later on. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when you grow up and get boobs, yeah, holler at me. Call me. But, hey, the, with the little, other little freckles, alien, hey, she had a booty on her, man. She was 18, so that means she was legal. It was legal for me to look this time. She was. Are you sure she was eighteen? Are you hey. sure Dandy's not a pedophile? <laughs> I should hope not, sir. I should hope not as well, because that's the last thing he needs. You must think this sword out online, don't it? Ouch! Did not. Oof. Low Do not want. <laughs> low blow. Low blow, sir. Low blow. <laughs> Oh, oh, but uh, in the fourth episode of that show, in Japanese, as it is airing now, <laughs> Kirito gets a little, hey, baby, what's shaking? I know, right? <laughs> oh, what's this? Kirito's getting objectified. Ooh, what a twist. <laughs> I cannot believe there's a second series of that show. The second series is actually pretty good. But we digress. Popular. Yes. Yeah, this is about Dandy, not about that F-A-O. show. <laughs> not about Gun Gale Online. <laughs> okay, on to the Toonami Talkbacks. Time to abuse people. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jordan Rogers says, This episode was one of the best of the series for me so far. Definitely up there with the zombie one in also the season two premiere. Oh my god, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do enjoy both of those episodes. The zombie one is my number one favorite Dandy episode. Really? I love that one. Yeah, I'd have to say the Cowboy Bebop one. Why do you call it that when it's the only reference is the fridge? <laughs> yeah, but the dog is kind of a reference too because no, not really. No, it's not a. <laughs> it's not. It's not a corgi. It doesn't look anything like Ein. No. Alright, whatever. It's okay, Paul. We love making your dreams hurt. We love correcting Paul. 
Yes. Just like yes, I so like slitting your throat every night. But that's that's let's move on. Yes. Stephen Oz writes in, you never know what to expect from Space Dandy. Singing, dancing, and a classic 80s music montage. What's not to love? The lack of boobies. <laughs> That's what's not to love. Mm, not enough true. Alexis Tipton. Yeah, uh, yeah, not enough Alexis Tipton. Andy Yoho writes, the latest Space Dandy combined Space Glee, Space High School Musical, and Space Marvel characters in one episode. Perfect. Yeah, motherfucker, it was Galaxy High all over again. It is Galaxy High! Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Thank you. It is Galaxy High, right down to the fact that the cool guy thinks that he's going to be hip at Galaxy High, but he's not because the social order is entirely different than what he's used to. Sorry, Doyle. Doyle's got a lot to learn, just like Dandy. <laughs> <laughs> but that pompadour does kick ass. Mm-hmm. Underscore Starstorm writes in yet another entertaining episode. Simple but true. Yes. Allison T writes in, I got to hear Dandy sing, and he's amazing at that too. <laughs> She's such a fangirl. <laughs> Blatch writes in, seeing Dandy in high school in a high school setting was something else, and the singing was top notch. Yeah, it could have been better, but then again, I might have been drunk. <sighs> Uh, yeah, I hate to be that guy, but uh, the last number was really good. I felt like the number in the middle of the episode was kind of flat. Yeah, it was so-so. No. I, I'm impressed that all of those actors can <clears throat> sing. They can all clearly sing very well. It's just really hard to dub songs on screen with lip flap. So props to Brina Palencia and all of the actors. But thank God for nobody using auto killing. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> isn't it so great to hear Chris Sabat sing? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Vegeta, you get a over nine thousand for that, sir. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the only Dragon Ball reference you get from me tonight, you fuckers. Mm -hmm. Also, great to hear. Joe You're so sing. nice. You're so nice, Darrell. Yeah, I'm nice, I motherfucker. But Ashley Birch, that girl can sing. Yes, indeed. Okay, let's see here. Inusan writes in, great training montage. Did anyone else think the nerdy girl looked like Asuka from Evangelion? Hell no. 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 The fuck you was smoking, man? Not all red-haired girls look like Asuka. Asuka Langley, so do you. That's racist. I mean, for, for, for one thing, the eyes look nothing alike. No, those goddamn hiragana eyes. <laughs> That's some shit you see on Daria mine. It reminded hey, me. At of, least they brought uh, it over. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm happy you, to have Daria on. I actually <laughs> am enjoying what I'm seeing of that dub. It's taking me back to Hamtaro in my heart. Sketch, go to your room right now. Wait a minute. It's, it's filling <laughs> the void of Hamtaro in my heart. You, I fucking hate you. <laughs> Little hamsters, big adventures. Continuing on, Tarzana writes in. High School Musical with Dandy, my life is now complete. Lies, you need more <laughs> booze. You yeah. uh, to erase the memory of High School Musical, yes. Yes. <laughs> to, to erase the memory of High School, period. I don't know, my high school was pretty good. I was talking about High School Musical, or as I like to call it, High School Foosical, because you're a foo oh. if you enjoyed it. Oh. There's a lot of foos out there. Yeah, I pitied the foo. 
I pity the fool who enjoys that's, that's the eighties thing this episode was missing. There wasn't any Mr. T. <laughs> no, right? Eh, what you gonna do? Uh, Michael L writes in, I had a blast watching Dandy School Musical. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes of season two. Viva, 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 viva all. Viva la Quebec. Viva la Jeshamon. Okay, now that we moved upon the um, linguistics part of the Toonami Fable podcast, let's get into the news. Right now. From Facebook, Twitter, and the official Toonami Tumblr, this is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com. On Saturday night during the Toonami block, once again listed from 11.30pm to 3.30am, because apparently the reruns don't count. Bleach at midnight and Blue Exorcist at 2 a.m. both ranked number one in their respective time periods among men 18 to 24. Uh, Black Lagoon at 2.30 ranked number one in its time period among adults 18 to 24 and all targeted male demos. Space Dandy at 12.30 ranked number one in its time slot among men 18 to 24 and 18 to 34. While One Piece at 1.30 ranked number one among adults and men 18 to 24. Didn't win quite as many demos as we have lately, but still a very positive turnout. You cannot win all the time. And you know what? Do not worry, guys, because we're doing doing pretty good, I would say. If Jason says we're doing fine, then there is no need to panic. Don't press the panic button. (laughs) I'm especially happy to see Space Dandy ranked number one in its time slot because it was really hard for it to do that at 11.30. Yeah, well, I mean, it's tough enough to do that because especially when uh, it, it seems like Toonami's big competitor is sporting events. Like, um, for example, we had the World Cup. We had, uh, we usually it's UFC fights, uh, oh, boxing yeah. matches, uh, maybe a, um, actually, no, not wrestling because that's usually on Sunday night. Um, you know, stuff well, like that. We had to contend with Saturday Night Live for a little bit, but yep, we for a little bit. Uh, a typical contender saturday night live pulls a lot of viewers yeah well i mean those people have no taste so because saturday night live is garbage now shots fired yes i fired shots because it's not funny shots 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 oh sorry i'm just thinking of that rick and morty episode (laughs) i was thinking back to when um jose was doing shots toast (laughs) <laughs> and Bobby Moynihan. Hello, Toast. I greatly admire your ship. All right, it's time for Jim to put down the booze. <laughs> <laughs> I get intoxicated on life, buddy. There you go. Or the booze that Darrell sent you. Or That's life. a lie. I don't share. <laughs> <laughs> you should know by now. You don't but share. You, but you would share with Jim. Oh, hell. All right. <laughs> on to the hard numbers. A 18 to 49 ratings for July 19th, 2014 are as follows. Attack on Titan, 504,000. Bleach, 460,000. Space Dandy, 410,000. Naruto Shippuden, 442,000. One Piece, 383,000. 
Blue Exorcist, 309,000. Black Lagoon, 282,000. Beware the Batman, 287,000. Naruto, 288,000. Huh, interesting gradual <laughs> increase there. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, 207,000. Samurai Jack, 222,000. Star Wars The Clone Wars, 206,000. And Symbionic Titan ends the night with 226,000. Hey, it moved up. And that was the last episode to air of Symbionic Titan for now. So nice to see it do well on its last week. Well, it's a, well is it going to stay at 5.30? Because, you know, I assume that's where it's been, right? Uh, no, it's... It, it's gone. Starting, yeah, starting this week, in order to facilitate Cowboy Bebop coming back, Cowboy mm -hmm. Bebop took Samurai Jack's spot. He just put Samurai Jack in the 5.30 slot. Oh, okay. Well, that actually works as part of that um, uh, transition into uh, Cartoon Network. Because mm -hmm. that, that's, that's what he's done with the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah, pretty much ever since Inuyasha left, he's been... Using that as a transition hour. Mm -hmm. One could even argue that's what Inuyasha was there for as well, since it was... Uh, it did well with Cartoon Network audiences so to speak yeah <laughs> and also was tame enough to air in that time slot whereas i don't think even classic naruto is tame enough to air in that website uh, in that uh time slot mm -hmm. why did i almost say website my brain is broken today welcome to paul's world and how he feels every day <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. shut the fuck up before i take your booze on to total viewer ratings Attack on Titan, 1,236,000. Bleach, 917,000. Space Dandy, 805,000. Naruto Shippuden, 822,000. One Piece, 694,000. Blue Exorcist, 567,000. Black Lagoon, 520,000. Beware the Batman, 538,000. Naruto, 530,000. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, 399,000. Samurai Jack, 431,000, Star Wars The Clone Wars, 397,000, and Symbionic Titan ended the night with 453,000. Now, we can see right here in the comparison of the total viewers and the 18 to 49, Attack on Titan got 1.2 million viewers total, but 504,000 of those were adults. Hopefully there are kids we can bring over to our side. One of us, one of us. Because people have been giving Bleach a lot of crap for losing 300,000 viewers from Attack on Titan that week. But those aren't viewers that matter. Plain and simple. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the difference make... viewers is minimal when you compare the 18 to 49s of those two shows. Don't, don't be hating on Bleach for not holding the teenagers that Attack on Titan brought in. Yeah, and... hate on Bleach for other stuff. <laughs> By all means. I'll fucking kill you, <laughs> it was a pretty good episode this week. Yes, I. You know what? I um, I I don't have anything bad to say against uh, Bleach. I just like getting a rise out of Darrell. <laughs> oh, you get a rise out of me. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, but seriously though, it's it like it's been a real good um, Bleach so far. Not to mention all the little nasty innuendos I made about Jackie and her dirty boots. <laughs> hey, that's a stripper name, dude. She got in the stripper costume, dude. I feel like this current villain is Bargain Pin Eisen, though. <laughs> Bargain Pin Eisen? 
<laughs> yeah, that's the one that you find in the thrift world. Yeah. With a second-rate bunkai. <laughs> second-rate bunkai. Nice. Thank you. But my main point here is, even though that looked like a big jump in the ratings, it really wasn't. Because, as I have always been saying, the 18 to 49 is way more consistent and the drop-off is minimal. So we're good. Don't worry about it. Hey, don't worry about it, huh? Hey, don't worry about it. Listen, let's play Paul Pesciuto. Hey, I'm going to put a hit out on Sketch, huh? Hey. <laughs> tell me what I want to know. Or well, Muggsy's going to fill you with so many holes, the Pope won't be as holy. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Wait, what am I hearing here? Uh, gangster walking? <laughs> yeah. Then oh, again, he kind of he kind of did that a little bit in Batman Returns. So, you keep this up, Quinlan, and I will reduce you to writing si- writing small things into Sunday Shoppa. I forget the whole line. <laughs> yeah, yeah go and sit down. Hey, don't worry about it. You need to go in the corner, huh? Get your ass in the corner before I jack your ass up, motherfucker. Hey, no one puts Jim in a corner. Except Darrell. <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, we should be gentlemen because we have a female on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> says you. All I know, dude, I've been pretty much lowbrow since day one. Yeah, liar. <laughs> yeah, let's lower. <laughs> that brow's not even on your face anymore. <laughs> it's residing somewhere in your nether region, I think. Oh, my nether region can eclipse the moon. Moving on. <laughs> it's time for trending. A good week this week. Uh, in the U.S. trends, hashtag Toonami during Cowboy Bebop, hashtag Space Dandy, and Space Dandy without the hashtag. This also trended during the West Coast airing. Good side. Go inside. <laughs> Uh, hashtag Naruto Shippuden, hashtag One Piece, Amy's Lobby from One Piece, Sniper King from One Piece, hashtag Blue Exorcist, hashtag Beware the Batman, hashtag Black Lagoon, hashtag Naruto, hashtag FMA Brotherhood, hashtag Cowboy Bebop, and Samurai Jack without the hashtag. The mobile app trends are hashtag Tsunami during Attack on Titan, hashtag Attack on Titan, hashtag Bleach, hashtag Space Dandy, hashtag Naruto Shippuden, Sniper King from One Piece, hashtag Blue Exorcist, hashtag Beware the Batman, hashtag Black Lagoon, hashtag Naruto, hashtag Cowboy Bebop, and hashtag Samurai Jack. Ah, almost perfect. Almost. Sorry. It's okay, we have Bebop back. That's what matters. <laughs> Don't sit on the Toonami boards, you're gonna get beheaded. Uh, yes, you're not big not... fans of, the, of Bebop at the Adult Swim official boards Toonami section. But you know what, they okay. have no taste. We'll be right back after these messages. Tsunami Faithful, if you're in and around Nashville, Tennessee on August 1st through 3rd, our friends Akai Khan will be taking over the city for the weekend. With classic voice guests Chuck Huber, Matthew Mercer, and Caitlin Glass all joining the show. Also be on the lookout for the Cosplay Fashion Show, and J-Rock band Kazha will make an appearance, coming all the way from the land of the rising sun. Catch us online at www.akaikon.com or facebook.com slash akaikon.go. Well, Darrell, I hope you're ready to put on your military hat because it's time for the Attack on Titan recap. Woohoo! 
Attack on Titan, Episode 12, Wound, The Struggle for Trust, Part 8. Basically, Mikasa tries to reason with Eren once he turns into a rogue titan, which is my favorite guy. But to no avail, she cannot reason with him and he swats at her, almost killing her ass. The things we do for the ones we love. <laughs> unrequited, unrequited love on the battlefield. It'll get you killed every time. But basically, yeah. Titan Aaron continues to tag everybody. And basically, he incapacitates, incapacitates himself, slumping on the ground, kind of like he drunk and stuff. And the elites that are protecting Aaron pretty much send up the red flares just to say that the mission has failed. But much to the dismay of the troops, you know, morale has dropped at this point. And, you know, there's pretty much an argument, you know. <clears throat> because he was like, this was a waste of time and all for none. And, you know, why did we have to die for this guy when we knew that this was going to fail anyway? And, you know, you get through the philosophical bullshit between soldiers. That's the reason why they do this and why they don't do it. And, of course, our favorite useless soldier who is always useful, Armin. He heads toward Aaron to investigate and Armin. Daffodil Boy basically comes up with this idea that if he can pierce the nape of the neck where Aaron is, he can wake him up. And basically, you know, we go to a flashback. Aaron is remembering his time with his family, you know, Mikasa, Grisha, and Carla. Damn, I almost forgot his mom's name like that. Basically, Armin stabs into the nape of the neck of Rogue Titan Aaron, and Aaron starts to wake up. And basically, this is where Armin is very, very smart because he understands that he's telling Aaron to wake up because he's like, you want to get back at these times. You want to have your revenge. And that's what it's basically coming down to. Yet again, Armin shows his work, people. He's not useless. And basically, Mikasa calls to Aaron, warning that he's in a dangerous state. Aaron wakes up and gets kind of control of his um, Titan form now. And basically, he was telling Aaron, you know, all the things that they wanted to do on top of that. And then basically, he's in this dreamlike state where he finally regains consciousness. And he picks up that fucking bullet to plug the fucking wall. And we have cliffhanger time. Any questions? Uh, also, Jean went off on his own and he's in big trouble because his gear is not working. And he's trying to hide from a couple of Titans. Oh, my bad, man. I forgot all about that, you know. Sometimes I forget that John's a bitch. Uh, John's forgettable. Yeah, he really is sometimes. <laughs> like, sometimes seriously. He, sometimes he forgets about that because he drinks too much. It's fine. Hey, no, nah, fuck you, bitch. I gave, <laughs> I gave a good synopsis and a summary of this, man. I just forgot about John and Connie. Oh, you, you did. It was fine. It, it was perfectly good. <laughs> I mean, it was good. It was fine. <laughs> you know what, man? I'm going to show that vibrator. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, you see, like, the omnidirectional geared in, whore. Omnidirectional gear. Yeah, get it all deep in there. Yeah, Paul oh, has a steel okay. reinforced vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, basically, I would say with this episode, you're starting to see, you know, some of the things that go on in a military operation with these guys because once you have a game plan and then things start to go awry, you know, you can quickly lose heart and people start questioning why they're doing this and what's the, what was even the point of doing in the first place. And you always have those few that's like, you know what, regardless of this being a failed mission, we at least had to try because I would rather die knowing that I tried doing something 
rather than, you know, living and not doing nothing at all for the sake of, in this case, in the sake of the survival of the human race. But that's just how things go on the battlefield, period. Everything doesn't always chalk up to go. But thank God you have people like Armin who know how to improvise and come up and pull a magic trick out of their ass, man, to save the day. And you have guys like John and Connie whose gear just goes into malfunction mode. Well, not Connie's John, but John was about to be Kentucky Fried Titan food, though. <laughs> <laughs> just needed some hot sauce. But any other thoughts, people? <laughs> well, Mikasa. Mikasa was just awesome. She just mowed down, like, several different fucking Titans. But what I didn't really understand is, where the fuck is... What is the name of that... that um, Levi? The, the crew... The, the name of that crew... That the Scout to... Regiment? Yeah, the Scout Regiment. Where the fuck are they? Dude, it's not their job right now, man. The Vanguard fuck handles all that. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Bring those guys in here and fucking kill everybody. Kill all those goddamn Titans. Let's get this shit done. They were away on a mission, you dumbass. I don't give a shit. Go kill the Titans. <laughs> Do you not know the, the meaning of internet. Vanguard? Exactly. Damn you, Internet. I'm just saying. It's, dude, the Vanguard job, that's what their job is, the Vanguard. They protect the front line. They're literally the front line, what we call the front line unit. Basically, if you have anything like the Scout Regiment, that's special forces. And then you got MPs, dude. That's law enforcement. Three, you got, if you're a soldier, then you understand it's from three different points of views. You have your Vanguard troops who are the front line. That's the first line of defense. You know, basically, you have more of those guys than you do in the Scout Regiment in the first place. The Scout Regiment is basically a whole bunch of elite and battle-hardened soldiers, not taking anything away from the um, the Vanguard. And then you probably got some of the best in the MPs, but you got to remember, it's going to be Vanguard, Scout Regiment, and then the MPs may step up. But mainly, Vanguard has to handle it all. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if we're going to stop, like, all the Titans in this one zone... So that they don't, oh, I don't know, come into other zones. It would be better just to kill them all in one swipe and use the best people to do it instead of having them get killed. You need ex- your best guys to expand territory too. Exactly. Yeah, but are you going to be expanding territory when you're losing it? The huh? vanguard is the vanguard is not weak, man. Never said they weren't, but they're not doing anything right now, now are they? They have a lease in the vanguard, man. The thing is, the guys in the scout regiment. Look, look, time out, time out. I'm just saying, like, if you're going in, if you're going, if you're trying to get morale up, and you're trying to get all these soldiers in line, what are you gonna do? Okay, I'm gonna take the people that I know. I'm gonna take the people that I know that are gonna, like, actually be able to to kill these titans. Go after them. Okay, now, okay, great. Granted, I haven't seen any of the other episodes, so, you know, okay, Jim knows something. So does Darrell. So I think Sketch, you said you saw it too, right? Yep. So you know more than I do, but what I'm saying to you is somebody that hasn't seen the series. Um, I can't. I, for me, it would be it would be better as a military commander to be like, all right, I want some of those from the scout regiment to help take down these fuckers because once he plugs up the hole, these titans are probably gonna get pissed and start, you know, trying to get through either end, you know. So. That's just my view. I'm just saying, like, if you're getting trying to get morale up and you're trying to get these soldiers to get in line, killing all the titans in one foul swoop with your best soldiers is better than sacrificing a thousand. Just my view. Like I said, they're <laughs> not the, available, by, so they're not. And by the those... way, and by the way, Mikasa can't do it all. <laughs> no, but she'll try. 
Uh, I like this episode as well as I liked, you know, the past episodes. Uh, I wasn't sure I was going to like Attack on Titan, but it's really growing on me. And I like that it, with every episode, it gets more and more deep, more and more intense. And uh, I love the ending of this one because Aaron snapped out of his dream. And he finally remembered where he was and he finally remembered his mission. And he just rose up even more determined saying, I am going to kill them all. I think that was a great thing to end the cliffhanger on. So... Though not as good as some of the past episodes, this episode was still was still pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah, this was uh, definitely a boiling point episode where they're not really sure what to do. They're, they got this terrible thing going on because all the Titans are swarming in. They got to get Jaeger out of there, but they can't wake him up. So Aaron, uh, he's got to get out of his stupid dreamlike state because he's chilling because apparently Titan's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I think I'll just stay here and sleep. It's nice. Mom and Dad are here. Oh, Mom. Something about you. I don't remember. I feel like something bad happened. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. You're nice here, here, so I don't think anything bad happened. Armin, why are you yell why don't you come inside? You're this yelling. We're going to let you in. Just knock on the door like a normal person. What's wrong with you, man? Ah, <laughs> okay. oh, fuck! What the fuck was that? Fuck! <laughs> oh, suddenly I feel sharp pain. <laughs> Fucking hurt. <laughs> Gosh, I don't you that. Oh, Johnny boy. <laughs> Running for his life, as he often does. <laughs> The thing I want to say, I can't say. <laughs> Hasn't stopped you before. Well, we are finally nearing the end of this, I feel. Aaron has picked up the boulder. It's time to rock and roll. I believe uh, next week is the end of the first half of Attack on Titan. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's gone for and blown by, hasn't it? confirmed that they are not playing the recap episode. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Good, 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 good. Hey, hallelujah. I don't think we need one. No. It's crazy that it's been like 13 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> 12 so far. Yep. On to our Toonami Talkbacks. The underscore bodyguard 31 says, When something goes wrong, you improvise, which is what Airman did. He's the star. He's the star of the series thus far, and never disappoints. Oh, wait a minute! Did that just validate me again about saying arm is not useless? Oh, but there's more. <laughs> Michael L writes in. Armin continues to prove that he is the most useful character in Attack on Titan. Oh my! Or at least one of. <laughs> yes, exactly. Andy Yoho writes in. Well, the story didn't move much in this one. It was great to see Mikasa, Armin, and the others prove their worth on the battlefield. Yes, they did, Andy. Yes, they did. Inusan writes in, A bit of a slow episode, but Mikasa killing Titans never gets old. Mm, <laughs> you could have did better in the explanation, Jack White. Uh, Phantom Star 162 writes, Armin wants to make a snowman. Aaron, get your lazy ass up and pierce the heavens with that boulder. I like that Gurren Logan reference, Jack White. Congratulations. <laughs> but there was no fucking snow on Attack of Time. You're doing crack again, aren't you? <laughs> Do you want to plug a hole? Oh. 
Tell me, soldier, can you plug that hole? Yeah, I can plug the hole. Are you are you coming on to fix this? <laughs> well, he did give him alcohol to get him in the mood. <laughs> VL seven thirty one says. John should get his own theme song. With all the running he does, Bowling for Soup might be able to help him out. <laughs> and that does it for the Attack on Titan Toonami Talkbacks. So yeah, not a whole lot happened in this episode, but you got episodes like that. <laughs> you have a long series like that that follows the manga pretty much to the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're going to have episodes like that. Yep. Do not, uh, don't fret, guys, because the payoff will be great next week. Uh, we are done with our Attack on Titan recap. We have decided to do a discussion on a fan favorite and one of our favorites around here, Samurai Jack. One of the reasons we brought Ronsa on was to talk about Samurai Jack. Ah, oh, thanks, guys. Uh, it's really nice to be hanging around with people that love the show as much as this rabid fangirl, as they have dubbed me, uh, does. Basically drive everybody crazy over there with my love of the show. Because they keep saying, you know, it's a kid show. It's a kid show. It doesn't belong in Adult Swim. This is Adult Swim. It's a kid show. It's a kid show. They've obviously never seen seasons three and four because those seasons get very, very dark. And there are a lot of episodes that you can really say are adult in nature. And I think it really does fit Toonami because if you think about it, unlike the other Western animations we've had, you know, like Symbiotic Titan, Thundercats 2011, and Beware the Batman, and Star Wars The Clone Wars, this is basically the most anime-like because Jindy Tartakovsky made this show as sort of a tribute to anime. She, he loves anime and he loves samurai. This is basically, you know, it has a lot in common with anime. But the main character is Japanese. He's a samurai. There's a shape-shifting wizard. There's time travel. It's, it's fantasy. So it's really, it's really like an anime. So I think it really does, you know, it really does fit. Even though a lot of people don't think that way. And want it, you know, canceled and taken off and giving it names like Samurai Jack Ass. <laughs> they do. Because they we're so Jack mature in the Toonami fandom. <laughs> <laughs> what I have always appreciated about Samurai Jack is it's not obnoxious. Even though it's made with the intent to be enjoyed by all audiences and there's nothing in it that's too much for children to see, it doesn't speak to the audience in a way that's condescending and it doesn't have hardly any obnoxious characters if they are they're just kind of they're there because it's funny that they're obnoxious characters like the scotsman the scotsman was gonna say the scotsman and he was so popular he came back for three more episodes two of the episodes basically centered on him those are in the fourth season yeah the scotsman is one of the only characters to ever come back which is that's you know that that says it all basically love the scotsman and who, who wouldn't love the Scotsman? I mean, John DiMaggio's dynamite in that role. <laughs> <laughs> the things that he says, they're just hilarious. 
Yeah, I gotta wonder if half the things are improvised or if all of those things are in the script. Probably a little of column A, a little of column B. And something pulled from column F. <laughs> and I'm delighted so to say, because we had Jim Zub on, who writes the Samurai Jack comic that IDW puts out, that he has really nailed the personality of the characters, including the Scotsman. Is anyone reading the comic? Because I love the comic. I'm like yeah. an avid reader of the comic. I write, I mark it down on my calendar when the comic's going to come out. That's how, that's how badly I, that's how badly I got it. It is a great comic. Fantastic I, art. They got Andy, who was one of the uh, character designers on the show, doing several issues of the comic. Fantastic art, fantastic story. It honestly feels like a continuation of the show, which is all anybody can really ask for, because sadly, there's not going to be an animated continuation probably ever. Well, there there might be. There are rumors that Jenny Tartakovsky is really, really trying to get this movie gone and done and, and gone together and trying to get it put together. That that's Those are the rumors. And in fact, you know, the comic book where I'm from is so popular that you literally have to buy the Saturday of the week that it comes out because otherwise it will be all sold out. Like if you don't have it, you're not going to have it. And I learned that the hard way. It's, the only comic I don't have right now is number seven. And I am so pissed off about that because that was number two of a, continue with, of a, of a two-parter with the Scotsman. And I did not get number seven, which really, I'm really angry about that. I'm going to make sure to get number 10 this week. It's, number 10 is coming out this week, and I'm going to make sure to get it. I believe they're putting out collected books now. So if people have missed out, and chances are that they have, because it wasn't a, I mean, it wasn't a quiet release. But if you go to a comic book shop, you're going to more so see the standards of Marvel and DC and these kinds of nicher titles they're not nearly as prevalent on the marketplace, and that's what makes it so hard to get these kinds of comics to sell. I heard that uh, next month's issue, number 11, is actually going to be written by Jendi Tartakovsky. I'm definitely going to really? make sure to get that one. That, that's what I heard. That usually he just draws the covers while I get somebody else you know, do the writing and illustrating, but next month, I'll do it. I will have to look into that. One thing oh. I also love about Samurai Jack, some people have called it repetitive, but to that I say, you have not seen every single episode, because the show is not repetitive. One thing I love is that every single episode is different. You know, of course, you got the three-parter pilot, which was, you know, action, drama. The middle one had com comedy with the talking dogs. But after that, every episode was different. I mean, you had a sci-fi episode, a number of, com of comedic episodes, including last week, which, which was comedy, and this week is also going to be comedy. Had a couple of horror episodes... Uh, one episode, episode five was sci-fi. Episode twelve had gangsters, and of course the Scotsman. You gotta love the Scotsman. He's definitely comedy. And episode sixteen was, you know, really weird and crazy. I mean, every episode is different. You gotta love Jindy for doing that. I agree. Gendy and his staff gave us a different world pretty much every single episode, which isn't the easiest thing to do and make it feel cohesive and coherent. You can't just take any character and put them in any setting you got to be able to make the setting believable give personality to the setting and have your character be able to interact with all of the characters in that setting effectively and that's one of samurai jack's strongest points that even though jack is not necessarily the most interesting character by himself 
his interaction with the worlds around him is what makes the show so great. Yeah, like one of the episodes that I really do like, and it was a reference to one of the um, Chambara mangas and anime and basically Chambara movie series that I watched was um, episode 19 when he, um, Jack remembers the past, you know, basically that was a homage to um, Lone Wolf and Cub. And, you know, basically Jack was really, you know, thinking about his, um, you know, his childhood and what really inspired him to become a swordsman, you know. And if anybody has ever seen Lone Wolf and Cub, you know what I'm talking about. And then it was one way he actually, Jack found a baby. And it kind of, it was another play on the Lone Wolf and Cub homage because by the end of it, this little kid has seen so much violence, you know, because of Jack, you know, trying to defend and protect him, that he had developed a fine spirit and he wanted to be a samurai like Jack and he couldn't change it back. That's what he told the mom anyway. And on top of that, when you look at Samurai Jack, the different art styles and everything, it was always something different with each one. And another episode, you know, just I'm jumping around here, but I did like the one with the reference to 300 too. That was my shiznit right there. <laughs> that was two weeks ago. Yeah, but still, it's still one of the ones that I like, though. Uh, just yeah. based on just based on the fact that I am a military buff and a soldier, I understand that you know that three hundred reference. You know, that's this just how I like you know I liked um Samurai Jack so much, but the art style was one of the thing biggest things that draw me in though. But like um Sketch said, it's how Jack interacts with everybody in the world around him. I mean, he's so polite and everything. But and he rarely gets ticked off. It takes a lot to piss him off. But at the same time, you can look at some of the struggles. You know, he does have doubts. There are times when Jack feels like, is this even worth doing anymore? Because what am I really doing? You know, when Aku's always getting a leg up on me, no matter what I do, it's like one step forward and two steps back, no matter what he does at times. But he always finds that little one little silver lining at some point that makes it worth it for him saying. I can endure and I can push on, and someday I'm gonna get back home. Hmm, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, what what he just said. That reminds me of episode twenty, where Jack, you know, found the monks who were trying to climb the mountain and find truth, and he almost gives up, and then you know he's falling, he's almost unconscious, and that's when the monks come to him, and you know they turn out to be magic monks, showing him, you know. His parents are slaves. Apparently, they found his mother hiding in the, in the Buddhist temple because apparently she's now a slave. And all of his, the people that were supposed to be his subjects are now building statues to a coup. And they're saying, you know, look, have you given up? Will you give up? Will you leave them like this? Have you forgotten your mission? And that's what gives Jack the stamina. I was like, no, I have not forgotten. That's what makes him climb up to the top of the mountain. And that was, that was, that was a very powerful episode. I mean, I don't know. Jindy was such a clever writer, you know, to think of all of this. I mean, this show is basically his masterpiece. If this was, this is pep, this is baby. This is pep project. This is what he really wanted to do. It was, this was his labor of love. And you can really tell how much, how much went into this. And I can't believe this was made, this was made by the same guy who did, you know, Dexter's Laboratory and Symbionic Titan. I mean, compare these three shows. They're so different. Yes. And I would say that Gendy is very good at comedy and action and drama. All of those elements culminate in at least both Samurai Jack and Symbionic Titan. But Samurai Jack, what makes it so unique in particular is a lot of the story is told without any dialogue. It's all visuals and music. And somehow, 
he could tell a really amazing story without hardly any words. Not to say that Phil Lamar's uh, voice acting isn't phenomenal, because it is. And, of course, also uh, we mentioned John DiMaggio as the Scotsman. And, of course, the late Mako as Aku, giving an amazing performance. Especially when Aku's really ticked off. He's just a delight. You, you love to hate him. <laughs> uh, you, can tell Mako was, you can tell Mako, God rest his soul, he was having so much fun with his character. And you can tell he just put everything he had into it. He was just having he was just having a ball doing it. I agree. And Philomar, I mean, I knew Philomar from like Mad TV. You know, that's where I knew him from. So for him to voice this character is such a dramatic character. I mean, he went from one to the other. It shows how talented this man is. I didn't even know it was him at first until I saw the end credits. And I'm like, Mad TV's Philomar. I think that was one of his first voice acting roles. Uh, his first acting role, I think, was Static Shock. I would have yeah, to check yeah. that. I think he did do Static Shop first, though. He may have, and he was also... Uh, well, Samurai Jack and Justice League came out around the same time, and he was uh, he was the Green Lantern in that. He may have had something else before, but I believe uh, his first leads were Static and Jack. Uh, wait a minute, he was Hermes, man, off of Futurama. Who? Oh, uh, yeah, technically, uh, technically Futurama did start before them. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so there you go. In other words, Jim, he was the black bureaucrat, the Jamaican dude. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil Lamar, right? Yeah. Was yeah. He, he was other okay. characters too in yeah. that show. <laughs> yeah. But that was his main role. Yes. Yeah, Phil Lamar is a fantastic actor and he just keeps getting better. But even back then he was super great at all of the characters that he was playing. It's fun to listen in for uh, other characters, voice actors uh, among the characters. Uh, I think there's some uh, early Kevin Michael Richardson in certain episodes. Uh, there's a little bit of Rob Paulson, Tom Kenny, all of those guys that are in everything now. Some of their earlier work was Samurai Jack, though some of them predate Samurai Jack a lot. <laughs> yes, they were in the <laughs> 80s, but yeah. Uh, really fantastic voice acting all around fantastic visuals it's just it's a really fine-tuned product overall and there's certain episodes that make such great use of visual cues like that ninja episode when oh, jack yeah. is the white oh, and the ninja is the black that kind of stuff you're not going to see that in pretty much any other cartoon not anymore, unfortunately. I mean, everyone's saying, it doesn't belong in Adult Swim Toonami. Then where the hell does it belong anymore? It can't belong on Boomerang because they reformatted the channel and they removed their entire action block. It can't go there anymore. And it definitely can't go on Cartoon Network anymore. No dramatic cartoons ever allowed on there anymore. It's like, where can it go? Where can it go? I think Samurai Jack's pretty much the perfect show as a transition on Toonami to Cartoon Network. And it also, because... It doesn't have any obnoxiousness to it. It pretty much meshes in anywhere in that lineup. But because it's free, it only makes <laughs> sense to play the shows that they have to pay for first. I think it'll be residing towards the tail end of the block for a very long time. That's fine by me because I actually still enjoy watching Samurai Jack anyway. Uh, yeah. You can never, once you see it, you cannot help but love it and just want to keep seeing it. The episodic nature also really helps in 
the situation where it only play once a week because it's a, a little adventure every week. It That's really perfect. is. It's great. An yeah. ideal show for that kind of circumstance. Uh, I just wish that people would stop seeing it as a kid show because maybe it started out, maybe that was the original intent for Gindy. If I've been saying that wrong all this time, I say Gindy. No, it's Gindy. I think it's Gindy. Uh, I'm sorry, I've been pronouncing your name wrong all this time. <laughs> it's Gindy and... You know, Gindy may have started out, you know, for it to be a kid's show from 6 to 12, but I've been doing my homework here. I, I read that, to his surprise, to a lot of people's surprise, the main target audience was high school kids and college kids. They were watching this. They were loving it. So that's why the episodes started getting darker and more mature with each season. I mean, you look at season one, you look at season four, you can, tell, you can clearly tell they're both great seasons, but season four was a lot more darker, a lot more action, a lot more mature. That's because, you know, high school kids are watching this more. Hey, Samurai Jack had a bar scene. (laughs) (laughs) And he wrecked up that bar just as good as they do in Black Lagoon. Yeah, but he did it without any guns and without any cursing. (laughs) I was going to say, I find it that these people are, you know, bitching about um, shows, you know, not, quote unquote, not being adult enough for Adult Swim or this tsunami block, yet they're not watching Black Lagoon. So where the hell are you people? <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Here's my two cents. Um, first of all, one of the best shows that was on Toonami was Samurai Jack. Agreed. Okay. So it obviously makes sense that you take one of the best shows that was on Toonami and put it back on Toonami. By the way, it doesn't cost you anything, and surprise, surprise, um, it's a good lead-in for Cartoon Network because let's let's face it, there really wasn't. I mean. Okay, I guess Inuyasha is a good lead-in into Cartoon Network, but I think I would rather have some kind, something that's more Cartoon Network-ish. You know what I mean? I completely agree. Though Clone Wars would certainly work fine for the oh, yeah. lead into Cartoon Definitely. Network. Samurai Jack, all the better. And you know, also, can I can I please stop hearing you people bitch about? Oh well, cartoons don't belong on an anime block. Oh my god, it's not an anime block. It's an action never been book. Yes. Never been. Never been that <laughs> way. I, and Please. people just don't get it. And don't piss me off enough where I go back into the Tsunami Vault and list out every single show that was not an anime that was on Tsunami. You know, everybody has different expectations of what Tsunami should be playing. But as far as I'm concerned, if it is a good action show, and even if it may be... A, Originally intended for children, you know what? So is Naruto in One Piece, and even Bleach in Japan. So why are Japanese kid shows okay and American kid shows not? Because this is America, and it's American Adult Swim Tsunami. And that is for adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say probably about ninety ninety nine percent of that bitches probably come from somebody that's a weeaboo. Would you agree with that, Jim? I would totally agree. I would also agree. Thank you. I will allow it. (laughs) (laughs) And for all the the motherfucking weeaboos that bitched about subbing, you got some sub people. Yeah, you finally got got subs. (laughs) You got some subs. subs. Happy now? No, you're not. Also, Brad Swaley speaks Japanese. Yes. Who knew? Either that or he got some really good direction on how to pronounce that stuff. Yeah, I don't know if he had any prior experience doing that, but, eh, you know, it was good. We'd have to ask him. 
that that is a question worth asking unlike a lot of questions people give at interviews <laughs> Exactly. So what got you into voice acting? <laughs> How did you become a voice actor? Can you do this voice for me? Can you do your lights laugh? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I think you know Samurai Jack is definitely definitely a work of art, and like a lot of work works of art, when the artist is still alive, it doesn't get a lot of appreciation. I always felt like Gandhi purposefully wanted to make it interesting to all audiences and i would say it was actually the show's detriment that it didn't do better with kids but at least it lasted 52 episodes which is more than could be said for various other cartoons that did better with adults but it's right at home on tsunami particularly in those hours leading up to cartoon network it's kind of the perfect show for it it's episodic there's a little adventure every week it's entertaining every time. What what more can you want? I mean, it's freaking five thirty in the morning. Either watch it or go to bed. Basically, what I would really say about Samurai Jack, it was basically a living piece of art. It was basically art in motion. Like every time I saw something, it was just some artistic about it each time. That's just how I saw it. I agree. show to Deshflow for providing that track, You Don't Know Jack. That particular track will be available on his new mixtape, which he will be announcing next Thursday. So be sure to check it out. 
If you want to email us, you can email us as, as always at podcast at tunamifaithful.com. That is podcast at tunamifaithful.com. Uh, if you guys have any opinions about the podcast, um, you want to give us Tunami Talk Pack, um, anything that revolves around the podcast, email us there. Again, that's podcast at tunamifaithful.com. Uh, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Toonami Podcast. And also tumble with us on Tumblr at toonamifaithofficial.tumblr.com. And if you guys have missed any previous episodes, be sure to visit us at podcast.tunamifaithful.com and you can listen to all the past episodes, including our past interviews there as well. You know, we forgot to mention the people at Zoom. Thank you for our two listeners there. We love to bring, <laughs> <laughs> we love to bring the religion to you of Tsunami yep. Faithful. Actually, it's not even Zoom anymore. It's uh, Xbox Music. Yeah, it's like yeah. Xbox Music. As a, guy who has a, as a guy who has a Windows phone, I kind of have to mention that. <laughs> but it, it's Xbox Music. <laughs> Repent! Repent! Hey, in the name of Tsunami <laughs> Faithful, I will cleanse you. <laughs> I do know Tsunami. Skype is a Microsoft product now. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Microsoft. I love you. <laughs> Xbox, turn on TV. <laughs> Xbox, play games. I can't do that sketch. <laughs> For listening to this podcast with your Xbox One, it may have just activated. <laughs> the fuck is you, Siri? <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, Sketch has to uh, queue up his little intro. <laughs> Ah, yes, from Two Strangers, One Podcast. Yes. Free plug. Well, believe it or not, Ronza doesn't have a Twitter account yet. So, <laughs> sorry, she can't, can't really get in contact with her, but she's on the Adult Swim official boards at uh, adultswim.com. You'll find her fangirling about Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Jack there. I'm a- and now Darrell, <laughs> since she's met me. And Black Lagoon and Attack on Titan and Space Dandy. <laughs> this she is a dedicated tsunami watcher, let me tell you. Right. I am. So Darrell, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me at the local bar. I mean, um, seriously, you can find me at <laughs> <laughs> You can find me at Ukami underscore samurai seven at twitter dot com. You can also find me at Ukami Samurai seven dot dot com. And if you want to send me any evil emails, you can do that at Darrell Maddox at TunamiFable.com, but I know you won't because you're scared of me. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's just the majority of our listeners don't even respond. <laughs> oh. Uh, they know better. They're listening, but they're not but talking. They're not responding. Yes. I know they're scared of me. Jim, where can we find you? You can find me at 0 alacard 27 on Twitter. You can also, actually, if you're not a friend of mine on Twitter, my account is now protected, so you're going to have to apply to be a friend. Uh, you can also send me your questions for Wendy Lee, Erica Mendez, Tony Oliver, and Christy Cabanos there. Those are the four people that I am going to interview at Otacon this year. So um, be sure to send your questions to either there or to Jim Nelson at TunamiFaithful.com. That way I can get more questions. And um, sorry, I don't have anything because for you guys because money has been tight. But uh, if you really want to support me, um, keep a lookout for on my uh, Twitter page because I'm actually having to sell a lot of stuff just so I can eat and buy new stuff too. <laughs> I need uh, I need the devil as the part as a part timer. That's what I need. <laughs> it's a good show. Yes, it is. 
You can find me at Sketch1984 on Twitter. You can tumble with me, sketch1984.tumblr.com. You can ask me silly questions at ask.fm backslash sketch1984. And you can email me at sketch at tunamifaithful.com. Paul. <laughs> oh, that was good. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. My last name is spelled P-E-S-C-R-I-O-O. Fuck you, Darrell. Um, <laughs> you can also with me. <laughs> hey, I knew you were going to fucking say something. Um, you can also tumble with me on Tumblr. It's paulpascrillo.tumblr.com. And if you want to ask me questions or give us comments or whatnot, you can go to my ask.fm. It's ask.fm slash paulpascrillo. And, uh, yeah, I'll be announcing that announcement soon. <laughs> well, that does it for this week. I'd like to thank you, Ronza, for coming on the show. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. This was so much fun. Glad you had a good time. Uh, I really did. Thank you all. Oh, you're welcome. And that's it for this week, guys. Thank you for listening to the Tanami Faithful Podcast. As always, we got more good stuff to come. But that's it for this week. Peace. We're out. <laughs> That's how Darrell do. It's no longer Oktoberfest anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tempted to call that episode that the end of Oktoberfest. Ah. <laughs> Oktoberfest comes to an end. <laughs> well, we have been getting female guests and contributors, so hey. Mm. Don't worry about it. We will not do anything crazy. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much right about that, Paul. <laughs> okay, who's got their TV on? Sure as hell. Not me. Not me. That would be me. Paul. Uh, Come on, Paul. You know better you know, than that. It's your first rodeo. Well, you haven't started recording yet, so what's your point? You don't know that. But that's where you're wrong. <laughs> B-roll. Slut. <laughs> Trump. I got to see. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it was a family guy moment. Yeah, actually, was uh, it family yeah. guy or was it American Dad? Mm. Uh, no, family. I mean, not Family Guy. It was American Dad. I was, I was okay. thinking Roger Smith, but you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yes, Roger Smith. <laughs> I'm Roger. Oh my God, those chocodiles. <laughs> those chocodiles, Francine. Those chocodiles. <laughs> Roger Smith. That's Big O. <laughs> mm-hmm. We talked about I'm it. not the Roger Smith that pilots a giant robot. <laughs> <laughs> Big O, it's showtime. <laughs> this is what we do before podcasts. <laughs> Viva la Quebec. Viva la Jeshamon. Sorry. Hey, that's it for our Toonami Talkback. Just put down the booze. <laughs> I don't know what booze he has, but he's speaking in tongues. <laughs> well, I'll have you speaking in tongues later, Jim. Shut up, Paul. Look here, when two black men are talking, you do not interrupt, Paul. Oh, now, if you were speaking now, Darrell, if that booze made you, made you speak Dutch, I would ask for a hit, but.
It's pretty Dutch, yeah. No, Dutch is in like you know what they speak in the Netherlands. Dutch, uh, that was oh. German. I'm sorry, I'm not lying. Deutsch, dude. Deutsch is. Uh, Deutsch. I know uh, man. the proper name for German. So I know Deutsch, man. I know. <laughs> I get intoxicated on life, buddy. There you go. Or the booze that Darrell sent you. Or That's life. A lie. I don't. Share. <laughs> <laughs> you should know by now. You don't. But share. you. But you would share with Jim. Oh hell, fucking yeah, man! I certainly <laughs> don't. When I no, when I moved down south, I mean, I, we're practically neighbors down there, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, don't. I send some moonshine your way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it nice. I'll keep it nice and uh, tucked away for when I get pulled over. It's like, sir, it's like, officer. Would you like some moonshine? You're not bad, Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> Do you care for a spot of the shine, sir? <laughs> so, you ain't uh, you ain't half bad, Yankee. I'll let you go. <laughs> hey, in Texas, all you gotta say is go Aggies or hook them horns. <laughs> but you know me, I'm so fucking Alabama. Like roll tide, your ass is going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I just say I su- I support Boston College because that's where I'm from. They just laugh at me. It's like I like it, Yankee. You gonna last now here? Now get on now, you here? <laughs> Get on home now. <laughs> I bet you five bucks I'm pronounced a Yankee. It's some I'm uh, called a Yankee within like my first two weeks down there. <laughs> Depend on what you eat, not what you drink. Always spot a Yankee. <laughs> oh hell yeah, man! Y'all still got like a black thumb. Yeah, I'm two like, feet <laughs> shorter. Yeah, I'm two feet shorter than everybody else down there. <laughs> and those doors are gonna be huge to you. I know. Need I gotta climb an elevator. Now I've got to drive five miles to go to the bathroom in my own home. <laughs> and I need an elevator to climb one stair. Star Wars, Tasty Coma Wife, two hundred... <laughs> 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 what? What? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 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 I think we broke. I think we broke Jim again. <laughs> you seriously don't even remember how Jose keep saying that? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I never heard of that from him. Nah. I never heard him say that. <laughs> All right. Now, something I want to point out here because we can see right here. Attack on Titan <laughs> got 1.2 million total viewers. Wait, 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 wait. It was five. Can you point at that again? <laughs> it's right over there. Can't you see it, Paul? Come on, get yourself some yeah. glasses, bro. Aren't you getting? Aren't you getting the hologram projections from my mind? <laughs> yeah. Bronza, do you have a Twitter? Uh, no, I do not have Twitter. I have Hotmail, and that's about all I have. Boo. 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 <laughs> Get off our podcast. You're going to have to Twitter. <laughs> Repent. Repent. <laughs> Twitter's so fun. You'll find oh, yeah, other right. people who like Samurai Jack and Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, but you know what's really funny? After this after this podcast, I bet you she makes a Twitter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe. It, it happened to me. Like yes, it did. I got, a, <laughs> I, I got a boring life. Not too much to write about, you know. Went to a job interview. Now I'm sitting outside. 
Now I am swimming in the pool. Now I am coming in. It's like, I I am a boring person. <laughs> I am boring. Well, that's about standard Twitter for my figuring, yeah. <laughs> I ate a delicious sandwich. <laughs> Twitter's great for short, snarky thoughts. Yes, yeah, that's true. Good to know. What the so how entertaining is that Twitter feed, fellas? Hmm. Eh. Two stars. Fuck you, Sketch. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, but death threats and profanity just isn't that funny to me most of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I could make more. Never mind. We're going to let that one go. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> Three and a half seconds. Traveling millions of miles through space to go to school in a far-out place. Sweetheart, Doyle's got a lot to learn.